WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. In just a few days, a new distracted driving law will take effect in Michigan. Come Friday, you will not be able to hold your phone to talk, text, or go on social media while driving. However, Michigan Auto Law COO Brandon Hewitt says there's a big loophole in the law. You could be on Bluetooth, you could have your phone uh, in a device on your center console, and you could scroll social media, and that would not be against the law. You could send a text message, and it wouldn't be against the law, as long as the phone is not in your hand. Um, I think that the law was passed so that it would make it easier for law enforcement to enforce uh, as compared to the existing texting law. Hewitt says overall the law is good, though, because distracted driving is out of control. More than $1.5 billion is coming to Michigan from the federal government to help expand broadband. Governor Gretchen Whitmer announced today the funds are coming through the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment, or BEAD, program. Her office says more than 200,000 Michigan residents will be served by it. It comes from the $65 billion Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which set aside at least $100 billion for each state based on the number of locations currently unserved by high-speed Internet. President Biden commented today. We're going to be able to connect every person in America to reliable high-speed Internet by 2030. The Michigan High-Speed Internet Office will finish the required BEAD five-year action plan to determine how the funds will be spent. From there, the office will set up an application process. The state will deploy the bead funds in mid to late 2024. A Cass County man is facing possible charges after police found 107 animals in his home. The Cass County Sheriff's Department says deputies and animal control officers executed a search warrant at the home in the 2500 block of Lilac Avenue in Howard Township Wednesday after learning of animals being kept in an inhumane manner. They found the 107 animals, which included dogs, cats, goats, rabbits, mice, hamsters, guinea pigs, snakes, turtles, and a crab. Robert Dean Archer II was arrested on a bond revocation order and is currently awaiting trial. Additionally, the Sheriff's Department is seeking charges related to the animal hoarding. The investigation is ongoing. State Representative Joey Andrews, economic development officials, and local leaders are continuing to push for the Palisades nuclear power plant to be reopened. Andrew spoke at the plant this morning. I just want to point out um, how um, unifying this issue has been for our community, for our leaders in both business and labor. Um, the, the nuclear plant here represents hundreds of jobs, uh, plus an extra you know, thousand plus jobs during refueling and outages. Andrews was joined by several labor union leaders, as well as Arthur Havlicek, the president and CEO of the Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber. When businesses look to invest anywhere in any community in any state, the reliability of the grid is one of their chief concerns because that affects their ability to do business. And on behalf of our members, we are fully supportive of bringing this plant online. Palisades owner Holtec International has applied for funding to restart the plant from the U.S. Department of Energy. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has also expressed support and has said in letters that she'll do whatever is needed to bring the Van Buren County facility back online. One big issue facing Palisades is the money to restart the plant, with Holtec being around $300 million short of what's needed. Andrew says there is a chance that it could be in the state budget, which is currently under negotiation. With the 4th of July holiday just about here, we're tracking down all the fireworks shows planned around Berrien County. The biggest one will be in St. Joseph at dusk on Monday, July 3rd. The fireworks will be launched from the South Pier and portions of Silver Beach and Tiscornia Beach will be closed. Everyone's advised to give themselves plenty of time and note there will be limited parking below the bluff. 
Meanwhile, Baroda will hold its fireworks show on Monday behind the American Legion. New Buffalo's fireworks show will be Monday at the Harbor, and Niles will hold a fireworks show on Monday at the Apple Festival Grounds. In Berrien Springs, the fireworks will be on the 4th. They'll be shot off at the Berrien County Youth Fairgrounds and can be seen from locations throughout the area. The U.S. Navy has commissioned the USS Carl Levin on Saturday in Baltimore. The destroyer ship was named after the late long-serving senator from Michigan. The ceremony was attended by thousands, including Levin's wife and daughters. Here's Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro. According to naval tradition, a ship's sponsor's spirit and presence guides her and her crew throughout her time in service. We are indeed honored that you are here with us today and that you will forever be the connection between the ship her crew, and your father. Senator Levin served for more than 35 years before retiring in 2015. He was a crusader for the rights of the military and their families. The ship's crew includes seven service members from Michigan. A rotten egg smell noticed by residents of southern Berrien County on Sunday was the result of a refinery problem in Indiana. The Galeen Fire Department says it received calls from those concerned and uh, learned the gas leak was in Porter County, Indiana. People also reported the smell in Cass County and Michigan City, Indiana. The refinery leak was caused by stormy weather. And the Berrien Springs Pickle Festival is set for July 4th, next Tuesday, and there are events taking place this week leading up to it. Berrien Springs Community Coordinator Kelly Ewalt tells us they've already selected the royalty and have held a 5K, but going on this week is a scavenger hunt. We have hidden numerous Dillards, which is our little pickle guy mascot, in a lot of different businesses around town. So clues are released each day on our Facebook page for people to go try to find Dillards. Those who find the Dillards will be entered to win a gift basket. As for the festival next Tuesday, Ewalt says everything runs from 11 to 3, kicking off with the big wheel race for kids at 11.30. The dunk tank with some local celebrities opens at 11.30, and the pickle decorating contest is at noon. The tasting room opens at noon. We have 11 different items this year. Some of the notable ones, we have pickled quail eggs. We have pickled blueberries, pickled broccoli, pickled watermelon rind. I believe pickled fiddlehead ferns. The group that does that, they try to find the most unique pickled items for people to try. <laughs> so they did a really good job this year. There will also be a relish eating contest at noon, and the pickle fling will be at 12.30. That's when people throw pickles down Kimmel Street for distance. The record's just under 300 feet. Ewalt invites everyone to Berrien Springs for the day, saying it's a big dill and everyone will relish the fun. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. For the first time since an armed mercenary group marched into Russia's capital in revolt against President Putin, President Biden publicly addressed the situation today, saying the U.S. and its allies were not involved. More of maybe sees Faith Abube in Washington. President Biden says he's in constant contact with key U.S. allies to make sure that they are all on the same page when it comes to their response to the short-lived armed rebellion in Russia. According to the president, the group has been careful not to give Putin any excuses to blame the West or NATO for the revolt. We made clear that we were not involved. We had nothing to do with it. This was part of a struggle within the Russian system. Biden says it's still too early to reach a definitive conclusion about where the conflict within Russia is going. Faith Abube, ABC News, the White House. Russian President Vladimir Putin thanked the nation today for unity after the armed rebellion staged by a mercenary chief over the weekend. 
that was aborted less than 24 hours after it began. Putin also thanked most of the mercenaries for not letting the situation deteriorate into bloodshed. He reiterated that all necessary measures have been taken to protect the country and the people from the rebellion. Meanwhile, that revolt is raising new questions about Putin's hold on power. A U.S. senior official says little is known about why the leader of the Wagner Group stopped his march to Moscow after taking over Russian military headquarters. Your State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller today. Wherever we've seen Wagner operate in the past, we've seen death and destruction follow in their wake. And we have instituted a series of policies to hold them accountable and to, to counter Wagner's influence. And to the extent Wagner continues to operate in Africa or in Ukraine or anywhere else in the world or any Wagner successor organizations uh, pick up the mantle that Wagner has carried, we will continue to take actions to hold either Wagner or their successor accountable. Some landlords have gone without rental income for more than three years after Oakland, California, approved an eviction moratorium in March of 2020. Earlier this year, small property landlords took to City Hall to demand an end of the eviction ban. They said they're going into debt or facing foreclosure, while tenants who have jobs skip out on rent. Eviction moratoriums were set in place across the U.S. at the start of the pandemic, and most have expired. But not in the Bay Area cities of Oakland, San Francisco, and Berkeley, where rents and rates of homelessness are both high. Housing advocates say low-income tenants still need protections. Oakland's eviction ban will end on July 15th. Closing arguments are underway in the trial of a school resources officer on duty during the 2018 Parkland, Florida school massacre. ABC's Derek Dennis has more. Prosecutor Kristen Gomez summing up the case against Scott Peterson, the school resource officer at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High in Parkland, Florida, accused of running away as a gunman shot and killed 14 students and three staff members inside the school. He left children trapped inside of a building with a predator unchecked. Gomez arguing Peterson was first on the scene first to hear the gunshots. And in that moment, while he stood at those doors, Every student and every teacher on the third floor was still alive. Peterson charged with child neglect. His defense claims he didn't immediately know where the shots were coming from, naming convicted gunman Nicholas Cruz as the only one responsible. Derek Dennis, ABC News. The person who killed five people and pleaded guilty in a 2022 mass shooting at an LGBTQ plus club in Colorado Springs has been sentenced to life in prison. Authorities say Anderson Lee Aldrich walked into Club Q just before midnight, November 19th, and began firing an AR-15-style automatic, semi-automatic rifle. The attack came a year after Aldrich, who is non-binary and uses they and them as pronouns, had been arrested for threatening their grandparents and vowing to become the next mass killer. Charges were ultimately dropped in that case. Victims in last year's attack called Aldrich a monster who hunted down LGBTQ patrons. Aldrich pleaded guilty during a Monday court hearing. Today, the sentencing trial for the man of convicted of shooting and killing 11 people at a synagogue in Pittsburgh gets underway. Robert Bowers was convicted earlier this month, and ABC's Aaron Katursky says jurors will now decide whether Bowers will get the death penalty. The defense conceded from day one, he did it. He shot those people. And really, the focus of the trial was just on the horror of that one day back in, in October of, of 2018. Now, we're going to get a much more complete picture at who Robert Bowers is and was at the time, his deteriorating mental health as the defense sees it, things that were going on in his life that might help explain why he did it. The Supreme Court lifted its hold on a Louisiana case that could force the state to redraw congressional districts to boost black voting power. Today's order follows the court's rejection earlier in June of a congressional redistricting map in Alabama and unfreezes the Louisiana case, which had been on hold pending the Alabama decision. In both states, black voters are a majority in just one congressional district. Lower counts had ruled the maps raised concerns that black voting power had been diluted. 
The justices put the Louisiana case on hold and allowed the state's challenged map to be used in last year's elections after agreeing to hear the Alabama case. And speaking of the Supreme Court, it's going to be a blockbuster week at the court with multiple big decisions coming before the summer recess. ABC's Lindsay Watts has more. The most high-profile decision is on affirmative action. Specifically, can colleges and universities keep using race as a factor in admissions? A group called Students for Fair Admissions sued Harvard and the University of North Carolina, alleging illegal racial discrimination against Asian American applicants. The schools argue using race as one factor in admissions is not exclusionary and helps them achieve campus diversity. Other Supreme Court rulings expected pertain to President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan and whether businesses can refuse to serve LGBTQ customers. Lindsay Watts, ABC News, Washington. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.